0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Strive's How You Lead Matters podcast, where we discuss everything leadership. From tapping into your motivation to fueling yourself with grit, we are here to support you as you discover the character-driven leader in yourself and those around you. My name is Caroline Lettner, and I am the marketing manager here at Strive. On today's episode, I am sitting down with Olympic gold medalist and Strive board member Antoine Maybank. Antoine is a celebrated track athlete winning gold at the 1995 World University Games in the 200 meter dash and 4x400 meter relay. He then took gold again at the 1996 Olympics in the 4x400 meter relay. Today, Antoine is busy motivating young athletes through his business Champion Body, building outgoing dynamic youth, as well as creating healthy lifestyle programs for companies and organizations here in Delaware and the Tri-State area. All right, and we are here with Antoine, a STRIVE board member and coach, and I can't wait to talk to you about your incredible experiences from the Olympics to here in Wilmington.
1: I am extremely excited to just share some of my experiences with our STRIVE community as a whole, and more than happy to answer any questions that might be able to help others. Great, great.
0: So one thing that STRIVE Prides ourselves on is our definition of leadership looks different than what a lot of people are used to. So, something I love to ask our listeners just from the start is how do you define leadership?
1: From my standpoint, leadership isn't someone who's in charge, but someone whose actions dictate others to feel that they are responsible enough to take direction and to follow them in their endeavors because they feel confident in the way that they are going to do things. And more importantly, they feel confident that what they are doing is gonna be the correct way overall.
0: I love that Strive talks about flipping the hierarchy a little bit. So sometimes when we think about the leader, like you said, it's that person that's at the top, but that's not always the correct definition of leadership. We want people to be inspiring and bringing their team along. And I think it also doesn't necessarily surprise me as I have been doing some research on your Olympic experience. (laughs) um, You were the anchor position on the relay, correct?
1: That is correct. I ran the anchor position on our four by four relay.
0: Yes. So does that, that position in and of itself must be incredibly intense. Do you feel that your experience there winning the gold medal for the U.S. as the anchor, do you feel that that plays into your definition of leadership today?
1: I mean, leadership, I guess, because everyone on the team and not just my team members itself, but the coaching staff felt confident that I would be able to sustain and bring a victory to our team overall. So that was extremely important to me that not only my team members felt that was the right choice, but the coaching staff as a whole felt I was the right person.
0: That's great. What do you attribute your calmness and confidence that, I mean, you clearly portray just from watching the video, but also What do you attribute your coach's understanding of your ability?
1: Well, I feel, I mean, same thing that back then I still hold true to today. It's repetition. Mm. Doing something so many times that it just seems like it's second nature. It's not that you are trying hard to accomplish a task. It's the fact that even if there's a mistake that's made, the correction could be made so seamlessly that it's just, it's like breathing. And that's, that's what I want. My athletes and everyone else who I work with to understand that it's not a problem to make a mistake because you learn from making those mistakes, because otherwise you'll always feel that every choice you make is correct and everyone else's choices may be invalid. So making a mistake and having someone else who has opinions different from yours only helps enriches you and helps you grow as a person
0: embracing mistakes is such a powerful thing on the field off the field wherever you are participating in sport it's so crucial from my time as a teacher having students embrace their mistakes so that way we could learn from it like you said and grow from it is so powerful do you feel you have always had that mindset or do you think that was something you developed over time because it's a hard skill to master
1: well, I, I was taught at a young age that making mistakes is not a problem in itself because my mother always used to tell me no one is perfect. But as long as you learn from those mistakes that you've made, that's always a potential for improvement overall for you. So it's, that's what I've learned so many years ago and I still teach that because it still holds solid today that you are supposed to make mistakes. You're, I mean, mo- many parents today, they try to raise their children without making mistakes and errors. And I mean, that, that's not the best outcome from my standpoint because my athletes, I want them to make mistakes. My children, I want them to make some mistakes and see how they actually resolve the mistakes that they made. That's important to me. How do you resolve a problem from a mistake that you created? If it gets too big for them at that point in time, there's nothing wrong also for asking for help. That's the next step mm mm-hmm.
0: That's a big one. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> hard for Adults and children alike. For anyone listening that wants to adopt that mindset and wants to have their students, their athletes, their children, or themselves embrace mistakes, what sort of advice could you give to someone that wants that lifestyle or wants that mindset?
1: Have someone who's going to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. That is extremely important. I mean, Everyone has people in their atmosphere that will will always say yes, yes, yes to almost anything that they say. We don't need people like that all the time. We need someone who's going to give us a brutally honest response so that we understand that, hey, this is not always right. And you should take a different avenue to still accomplish the same goals
0: when I think about accountability and embracing mistakes, I think of those as two mutually exclusive things. Like if you want to embrace a mistake and feel that it is a positive thing, then there may not be accountability. And I'm sure some people struggle with that as well. So it's really beautiful to hear you describe it in a way that allows for both. Um, Of course. So when I just, I keep going back to, this calmness that I saw and to any of our listeners who have not watched your gold medal video, I will brag on you for a moment. <laughs> the, the calmness that you have. And I would say not only during the race in your face, but also after there is just this like calm content with what just happened. Is that what was running through your mind in that moment or was it totally different?
1: <laughs> no, it was it was calm. I mean one thing besides you saying that others ask, did you breathe through the race? Which is
0: <laughs> it doesn't look like you do.
1: <laughs> and it's yes it's breathing. So one thing that's extremely important. I mean When I speak to student athletes, I explain to them that anyone can get out there and shoot a basketball, hit a baseball, run around a track, or hit someone who has a football in their hands. But for me, the most important aspect before the physical part is the mental part. So I start with the mental aspect of the game overall, teaching them different fundamentals and stress reacting to different outcomes, being able to make adjustments on the fly at the same time. And it's not that it's just a physical natural thing itself, but it's the fact that we talk about it so much over and over again, that we are thinking through the process on how we're supposed to handle certain situations. And that's, that's across the board. When I speak about sports in general, it's never about the physical aspect, I always teach sports from a standpoint of how we're mentally getting stronger and handling situations that we encounter in life.
0: Yeah, I love that because I was just thinking how much that applies to the outside world as well. And knowing that there are coaches like you today that are supporting students in things that apply on their field, track, court, et cetera, and in the classroom or in the workspace. And that's that's why Strive is successful and why I love our programming is because of the, how much it applies to so many other spaces. Do you, is that a motivation for you behind being a coach is that you get to impact students, not only on the track, but off as well?
1: Yes. That's my, my total mindset for, for my company. It's people always ask, what's your biggest enjoyment for what you do and the people that you work with from your company. Mm. And I said, it's, it's the impact that I have on their lives, how I change them, how I make them feel about themselves, not about what people think about them, but how they feel about themselves, which changes every thought process they may have going forward and choices that they make.
0: Yeah. I'm sure you get to experience some really intense growth, especially as a coach. You're with people for longer periods of time than we may be used to. Is there a particular like aha moment or moment of growth that you carry with you as kind of your highlight tape for you personally or someone you've been coaching?
1: Uh, I would have to say like... I won't say names because then <laughs> people. <together. laughs> I can't say names but I worked with a particular athlete and she was working in a different discipline but overall deep in her mind she felt that I was the right person to help her get past an obstacle and she had other coaches that were working with her. but. When people usually come to me, it's because I'm offering not just the physical part, I'm speaking to them, I'm building confidence, I'm making them mentally stronger, and most importantly, I'm making them believe in themselves. Mm. So from that story, from that run up to the story, I made her feel that she can accomplish anything that she wants based on what we're doing and when we got to the point of when we had to have a competition, and she started to stress out, I turned the tables and reflected it upon me by saying, do you trust everything that we've done up to this point? And mm-hmm. she says, absolutely. So I said, so do you felt all the work we've done in the past is just been for nothing? Or do you feel that you're prepared to step in and just accomplish all your goals?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And at that point, something clicked. And she says, I got it and walked off and that was it.
0: Wow, Yeah, that's really powerful because we we just don't give ourselves credit for the work that we've done, especially athletes. We're always looking for that next goal. We're always looking for that next thing. And so we forget to just take a moment and realize I've done the work to get here and I've done what I need to do. So you clearly had an incredible trust with that um, athlete. And oftentimes we have students, teachers, coaches, looking for ways to have people trust in them, looking for ways to have people have confidence in what they're saying. And it's often about speech instead of action. What actions could you advise coaches or teachers to do to ensure that their students trust in them and that they know that they can be trusted?
1: Listen to their athletes. Mm. Most coaches, it's always, it's like any organization. It's usually top down. The coaches are just screaming directions, informations. This is how it's supposed to be done. And this is what's going to happen in the end. Versus sitting down and asking the athlete, how are you feel. Because my thing is, my first thing I ask before practice, I ask my athletes, how does your body feel? Because mm. it's not something I can tell them. They can tell me they don't feel a certain way because I don't want them to feel that I'm telling them if they should feel good or bad about themselves, but how do they feel about themselves and how can we remedy how they're feeling right now so that they can go out and be productive. So I I always say, listen to your student athletes when they wanna talk to you about something because they're not gonna approach you and have a conversation if it's not important.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's one step further than how are you doing? Because we all get how are you doing? How's your day? But we're still programmed to just respond good or everything's great. And asking a question that is just slightly different from that can really surprise someone and then have them actually want to give you the answer and actually take the time to consider it so that they, they know what they're saying. That's really great. I love that. Yes.
1: I never accept the answer fine. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I never.
0: People learn that when they are under your wing. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) So you've got to give me a little bit more information.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good. It's like a required three sentence answer. It can't just be one word. (laughs) What do you feel is different or the same about the world of athletics and the world of leadership? Uh, compared to now?
1: I still train just as demanding today as I did before. I just take more breaks. (laughs) I lift less. And what I always tell my athletes, everything we do from the way we run, what we eat, the words we speak, everything has a purpose behind it. What is your purpose? That's what I talked about. Everything has a purpose, so I'm not gonna ask you to do something without a purpose. I'm not gonna give you a, an opinion that does not have a purpose behind it. And the end goal is for you to have personal growth and enrichment, no matter what the platform, sports or academics, it's for you to have personal growth. And that's that's what's changed, trying to cater to the athletes so that they can actually see personal growth and making sure that they are happy overall. Yeah,
0: it sounds like you tailor your style and the way that you work with people very much to the individual, which is so yes. important because we can't do a one size fits all, um, especially not in leadership. No,
1: <clears throat> I mean that's that's my big thing. I I always say. I mean, I make a joke, but everyone they they followed it as my mantra. I said, no one is ever the same. Every program that I create, and I. I work with a lot of different athletes at high school level, college level and adults and no one is the same. So therefore, I cannot cater a program that's a general program because everyone is going to come and have a conversation and each conversation, each topic I have to retain. So when they come to me, if I'm speaking to someone who's 45 years old, I'm not going to have a conversation that's similar to. One of my athletes who's 18 years old who's going through something. So it, it has to be catered specifically for every individual person.
0: You have such a clearly intentional style around everything that you do from the way that you're describing <laughs> it. You mentioned your mom earlier as someone who taught you really crucial steps that help you now. Um, were there coaches or other mentors that you attribute some of this mindset to, or is a lot of it gained from experience?
1: Gained through experience, but I have two coaches that were just pivotal in my life. Mm. I mean one was my my high school coach Tommy Smith. He passed away, but he was one of the reasons that I joined track and field. Oh, wow. The other coach would have been my college coach, Theodore Wheeler. He he was the only per- reason in the person that doing the entire recruiting process that made me feel secure enough that says it is impossible for you to fail academically here because I have a support team around you that will always be able to help you work through any issue you have. Yeah. And I mean, till this day, this if this guy's son calls me and says, hey, dad wants you to come to his house and meet him. Mm-hmm. I'm jumping on a flight to go there because that's that one guy who's like the most important person to me in my life right now.
0: That's incredible. for For an adult to not only have the belief in someone, but also this like, demand that I believe in you and this is going to happen. He spoke a lot of things into existence for you, it sounds like.
1: Correct. I mean, for for example, I mean, when I went to my visit, my recruiting visit on University of Iowa, as soon as I got off the plane, he introduced me not only to the the dean of the college that I was interested in participating, he had just presented like a group of staff, an individual from mentor groups, I mean, two mentors to the fact that they are now my daughter's mentor who just graduated from Marquette University. This, wow. These are the type of people that, that I felt was surrounded around me, and I try to give that same type of support to my athletes.
0: Wow, that's incredible. When, when you talk about mentors like that, it's just so fulfilling to hear that people have those experiences and that there are powerful coaches out there doing incredible things. And there are people like you now that have learned from generations before you. Um, and when, when I think about coaching, there have been times where I have gotten along great with my coaches and there have been times where Perhaps we didn't see eye to eye. Now, since you adjust so well to each person, I feel like you may be a unique person that you don't have this. But is there a time, again, not naming names, that that you interacted with a student or a coach that you just didn't see eye to eye on? And how did that process go?
1: Um, I'd have to say, if it was an athlete, many, many years ago. Um, they, they felt that they were more important than a team as a whole, mm. which means my my thing with the student athletes that I coach is everyone plays a specific role if we want to be successful. It's, it's like I'm the project manager. How's that? Let's do it from a, a yeah. business perspective. <laughs> yeah. I'm a project manager, each of my athletes who run individual events and team events, they are specialists in their area. My job is to make sure that not only they can actually be successful individually, but when they get together as a group project, that they are extremely successful and everyone knows what the other person is thinking and how they feel so that they can actually have the most cohesion overall. Mm -hmm. And one of the athletes felt that he was just better than everyone else. And the the thing is, overall, yes, he was. (laughs) Speed-wise, he was. But that does not determine if I actually place someone on a team. What determines me putting someone on a team is how he's working with others. And if he's working well with others, that means everyone's going to be successful. But if there's tension, among people on a team itself it's going to be extremely difficult to be successful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We talked a little bit earlier about some of the differences in the world of sports and leadership today compared to previously. Um, Another question along those lines is, misconceptions around leadership. Um, Strive talks a lot about the myth that there is one good type of leader. Are there common misconceptions about leadership specifically that you see with the students you work with or beyond?
1: Um, Sometimes, again, no, no names. (laughs) (laughs) So um, for example, their seniority, how's that? Let's, Let's start, let's play that role sometimes people consider someone who's been there longer to be next in line to be the, the leader which okay. which isn't always necessarily true i mean you can have someone like in the past i've put sophomores as a leader in the captains of my team yeah. and it's because they possess so many different traits that everyone follows them and it's and that's It's clear and evident, even, even the seniors follow what they are actually talking about because one, they're committed, they love the sport, they're willing to sacrifice some of their time to help others, and they want to make sure that everyone is successful in doing everything correctly. That's, that's a true leader for me. And so... And thinking along those lines, it doesn't have to be someone who's older. You can have someone who's younger, who's just got so much mental capacity that he can actually see others who's older and others who are younger than he is and still figure out how to make both of those sectors work well together and make sure everyone's successful in the end. So it's it's never just, someone being in senior position it's someone who everyone not only respects but likes and is going to be willing to listen to what their recommendations are Mm. and at the same time that person is willing to take a different opinion from someone else if they don't actually accept their opinion and rethink everything and see their perspectives.
0: That's really impactful, especially thinking about the fact that so frequently, like, especially that role of captain is expected to be a senior or is expected to be an upperclassman because that's just how it is. Um, another myth that comes to mind for me is around the idea that leadership is a skill that is born, it is not necessarily a skill that can be taught. And at Strive, we fundamentally disagree with that. Um, how much of developing leadership skills, how much of that responsibility is on a coach versus the student themselves?
1: I think it works both ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, I say on a coach, because I'll go back to the conversation of confidence. Yeah. If that athlete who comes and asks a lot more questions, they are stepping out on a a leap of faith and putting themselves in a position where they're not comfortable because they're not sure about something to ask questions so they can feel more secure about speaking on certain topics. That is truly invaluable for someone to be willing to step out and let someone know, I don't know the right answer, I don't know this answer, but I can definitely go and follow up and see and bring you back the answers that you're looking for. Those those people are true leaders because A leader is not someone who you can go to and ask every single question. A leader is someone who surrounds himself with so much experience that he can lean on each of those individuals that they can actually help him when he needs it.
0: Mm Yeah, we, we so frequently have been taught that leadership is about knowing all of the answers or it's not someone that ever says, I don't know. And slowly but surely, I think we're realizing that there is power in the statement. I don't know, and I can go figure it out or, and here's how we can figure it out together. Right. There's, there's power in that. Um, as we close up, is there anything else you would like to share to our audience from coaches, teachers, students beyond?
1: My biggest thing is it's never too late to learn something new. You you don't have to feel that you are set in your ways and there's no room for improvement. I mean, I learned a different language when I was in my 30s. Yeah. And other people are learning different languages when they're much older now. And it's I always say take a chance and step out and find something new for personal enrichment and growth, and you will open up so many other opportunities that you can create from speaking to others. Wow. What language did you learn? French. Took three months.
0: Wow. (laughs) Impressive. We'll have you (laughs) in another month and we can just talk about how to learn French in less (laughs) than three months. That will be your comeback episode. (laughs) Thank you so much. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I can't wait for our listeners to be able to hear this.
1: Thank you very much for your time and stay at Everline.
0: Of course. And thank you to everyone who tuned in today. How You Lead Matters podcast comes out on a monthly basis. And if you're looking for more content, follow us on all socials at How You Lead Matters. Or email us today to schedule your own strive workshop. Talk to you next month.